Hello, and welcome to Off the Fence, a podcast where we deconstruct difficult decision-making so we can discover what keeps us stuck, and more importantly, how we can get unstuck and start making even tough decisions with confidence. I'm your host, Karen Covey, a former divorce lawyer, mediator, and arbitrator turned coach, author, and entrepreneur. And now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. With me today is my guest, Wendy Sterling. Now, I'm going to read your bio because there's so much here. (laughs) Wendy Sterling is an international best-selling author, a leading divorce empowerment coach and healer, and the founder of, of The Divorce Rehab. She helps women who are having trouble moving forward and are tired of feeling stuck in pain, fear, resentment, anger, and guilt to find joy, self-worth, and freedom. And boy, doesn't that sound good. Wendy is a certified professional coactive coach, a certified divorce specialist, an advanced theta healer, and a certified sound healer. She hosts her own podcast, The Divorce Woman's Guide, and she's been featured on NBC, The List, Daily Blessed Live, and Good Day LA. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here, Karen. Thank you for inviting me to share my wisdom with your audience. It is totally my pleasure. And you do have a lot of wisdom to share, which is why I invited you here. (laughs) So I'd like to start, though, before we get into all of your nuggets of of gold here, I'd like to start with a little bit of, of your backstory. Can you tell the listeners about your own journey with divorce and how that led to where you are today? Absolutely. So I was the last person that anyone would have ever thought would have been divorced of all of our friends. That's really the God honest truth. Um, And yet at the same time, uh, I am so grateful that I have gone through the experience that I have because it has created this incredible life of mine. So I will take your listeners back to, you know, this day that was, gosh, almost seven years ago where my now ex-husband and I were driving home from a couple's night out and it was very late and his cell phone rang not once, but five times from a female colleague. And it was in this moment that I got the hardest punch in my gut that essentially said, wake up to what is actually going on behind the scenes. And of course, I tried to talk myself out of what I knew the truth was. And of course, my ex-husband tried to talk me out of what I knew the truth was. And I didn't waver and instead decided to trust it. And uh, lo and behold, did indeed confirm my worst suspicion, which was that he was having an affair. And it was a wake up call that I did not see coming. I did not want it. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, it was so necessary because what I had come to realize was that I was a people pleaser. I was in a codependent marriage. I was also being a version of myself that he saw me to be. And through the course of the next year, we did separate and I vowed to really work on myself to figure out what it was that I wanted. Um, You know, every bone in my body wanted to stay married. I didn't want my kids to be in a divorced home. My parents were married still 50 years. You know, I was, it just, divorce was not an option for me, literally. That's what I kept telling myself. And so as I was doing, you know, work, I was in therapy. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading books. Like, 
doing what everybody does. Right. Um, but I wasn't, the needle wasn't moving. I wasn't getting unstuck. I just kept revisiting my past and, and, you know, how my childhood created behaviors, how, you know, I was manifesting all this, um, in my life. And it wasn't until I saw a post from a friend who talked about life coaching. And the more curious I got about that, the more I understood that really what life coaching is all about. It's about looking at where it is that you want to go and how do you get there from where you are at this point? And it wasn't focusing on my past. And so I knew that that was what I needed. And I'm a go big or go home kind of gal. So for me, it was, I'm jumping in and I'm going to get certified as a life coach because, you know, working in corporate for 20 years, I was like, oh, this will be great for my leadership. It'll help me with my, you know, with my leadership skills and managing a team. Uh, but I, you know, so I thought it'll help me. I didn't really realize that it was going to be a massive career change until I got into a classroom and started not only learning how to be a coach, but being coached by my classmates and allowing myself to be vulnerable and going there with my divorce. And so in the course of two days, I had moved through more emotions around my divorce than I had the entire eight to nine months before. And so I knew that there was something here that I needed to bring out into the world. And so that literally was the moment that my life changed. And what that woke me up to was that I deserved I deserved a partner who respected me, who wanted to be with me, who chose me. And I ultimately wanted that person to be respectful of me choosing me. And so what choosing me looked like was asking for a divorce and deciding to not only end my marriage, but to also leave my corporate career and to essentially create a program that I went through myself to bring out into the world. And so that's how divorce rehab was born. Um, and, you know, my life has been completely different ever since. And while there have been some struggles and there have been some hard times, what I always like to say is that anytime I came up against an obstacle, I viewed it as a detour that I was supposed to, okay, now I'm supposed to shift directions and, and do something else. And so, you know, slowly but surely, I, you know, went from a very tumultuous relationship with my ex-husband to we are super, super close co-parents, never thought that was ever going to happen. And as we were discussing before we hit record, you know, I'm in a committed relationship with my, you know, with my partner and he and I live together and our families are commingling. And that's ultimately, you know, this vision that divorce can be the most empowering experience that you go through to design the life you love is possible for anyone because I'm doing it. And I've walked, you know, hundreds of thousands of clients down this same path. And that's ultimately the vision that I want for the world and for every woman out there to feel. That is, first of all, that's beautiful. So thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> And second of all, there are so many things that I just want to dive into that that you've mentioned. And starting with, you know, winding you all the way back to that day in the car when the phone rang five times and your intuition was just lighting you up, right? Yes. How did you decide to trust that intuition when you didn't want to know what you did on some level, none of us want to know that truth, right? So you didn't want to know what the truth was. Your husband was, oh, no, 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 no. How did you get the courage or the wisdom or the whatever you want to call it that led you to say, 
no, I'm, I know this, right? Yeah. So it was really me leaning into the curiosity around what was coming up. So later when we had gotten home, I requested to see his cell phone and he said no. And so it was a continuous like boom, boom, boom. Like he's not showing me the cell phone. He's leaving the room to go call her, uh, you know, making up excuses um, because she was actually in a relationship. And so, uh, you know, it, it just one thing after another, like any usually I would believe his lies. And at that moment, I was like, I just kept hearing a voice that it's like, it's a lie. It's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And it really wasn't until like, you know, I remember like we went to bed and not, not getting along. Um, I woke up the next morning because, you know, habitually I go, you know, this happened on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, I woke up and I went to go work out. And while I was working out, I just like, I mean, I don't think I've ever worked out so hard in my life. Um, and I just kept hearing like, you've got to see the phone. You've got to see the phone. Like the phone is going to tell you everything you need. And I just was so like I needed evidence, right? Like I had to prove myself, right? And so honestly, it was this feeling that I had to have the, I had to prove it, uh, you know, in order to justify that my intuition was right. And of course he wouldn't give me his phone. And that is when every, you know, everything hit the fan and out, I kicked him out. And from that day forward, we haven't lived together. And so it, it really, you know, now I know what that voice sounds like. I know where it feels, you know, I know where my intuition speaks to me and my body because it's, I have a physical reaction when it's happening. And it, it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's a negative thing, right? Like I get intuitive hits that are great all the time. Um, but it, it really took me having to justify, right? That like, okay, my intuition, that's my intuition. It's right. I get to act on it. Getting that evidence instilled in me the belief that it was true. And, but here's the interesting part. So you, you kick him out, he's gone, but then you don't immediately file for divorce. What I, I think I heard you said was you were living separate for around a year or so yes. until, and you were just mired in the, you know, divorce is not an option. I can't do this mired in all the negativity surrounding divorce and that it was coaching that helped you break through. Can you speak to that? Because so many of both of our clients are in that space of being stuck and not being able to break through to make a decision. Can you talk about how coaching helped you to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And and this is really how I approach the women that I work with who are in the, should I stay or should I go phase, right? They're there. It's crossed their mind, right? The second that D word comes up, it's like, okay, I got to start paying attention to this. And really what coaching helped me to understand was that I had become somebody different. Who I was now was not who I was, you know, the 15 years prior when he and I, you know, stood and said our vows and said, I do. And so what coaching really helped me to do and what I lend to my clients who are in that phase is what's important is figuring out who it is that you are now based on everything that you have been through in this given moment. What is it that 
you want with your life? Who is it that you are? Why is it that you are experiencing what the universe is handing to you as a very big lesson? So how is it that I'm going to move forward through this? I, I was in resistance because I was like, I'm going to make him be who I want him to be. I am going to make this marriage work. I am not going to be a statistic of divorce. I am, you know, I am not going to have my kids be in a, a family where they're going to one house over the other. I mean, I, he was my soulmate. I, we met in college, like we had grown up together. Like I didn't know adult life without him. And so I kept my fear kept me wanting to make things work when what coaching was showing me was that he was not what I wanted anymore. He was not the partner that I wanted to continue sharing my life with, that he was not on the same path as me anymore. And ultimately what I learned was that our values could not have been more different. And so what I learned and what I teach is really understanding who it is that you are. And from there, then deciding is that person on that path with you? Are they part of that vision? Is who it is that they are, their values that, that are showing up? Is that the version of them that you want on this path? Now, please, listeners, I have worked with women who have fix their marriages with their husbands because it has been a co-creation process. And I'm happy for them. I'm not pro-divorce. I am pro you. I am pro choosing you and whatever that gets to look like for you. And I think that what the biggest turning point was for me was that moment where I realized that choosing me was actually an option. And that didn't have to be with him. And so choosing me meant being alone, right? Being single and stepping into the possibility that my kids would be better off seeing me in a healthy marriage, even if it wasn't with their dad. And so I relied on my faith of, you know, okay, I can do this. And I'm going to help my kids. I'm going to get my kids the support that they need because I knew I couldn't help them. I had to, I had to put my oxygen mask on first. And so, it, you know, and I hear so often and Karen, I'm sure you do too, where they're like, oh, but my kids, I'm going to stay for my kids. I'm going to stay for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I am a firm believer that your kids are better off being in two homes where the energy is positive, there's joy, there's happiness, and there's love versus one home where there's bickering, there's fighting, there's negative energy that, you know, it, it, and it wasn't healthy. And I knew that. And so really it's about trusting that the vision you want to create is possible, but it doesn't have to be with that same person. Absolutely. And, and I want to zero in on something that you just said, that you finally got the strength to choose yourself. Now, a lot of our clients see choosing themselves as being selfish, right? Yes. What is there a difference between that, between choosing you and being selfish and, you know, not caring about your family, your kids, your vows, your blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah. You know, I, I was guilty of that. I thought, oh my God, I'm being so selfish. Like, you know, and my whole life I had, you know, I was a people pleaser. I was all about wanting to, to do for others and, you know, receive that external validation, right. That what I was doing was, oh, oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm doing this right. Check the box or like, oh, they're going to still be friends with me or, you know, they're going to like me. And ultimately what, that only ended up doing was distancing me more from who I was. You know, I never, I never took time out for myself. I waited for my husband to be like, go take a day or like mother's day or my birthday. Right. It was like two days a year. I got to, you know, do my own thing if I wanted to right? or a couple of hours here and there. But I would always look at him and be like, why aren't you giving me a break? It's like, oh yeah. I have to use my voice and actually ask for what it is that I need. And so ultimately what choosing you is all about is understanding what your voice sounds like, how to use it in a way where you feel heard, but also in a way where you're taking care of yourself. Using your voice to ask for what it is that you need is not selfish. It is called living your life and creating an environment around you where everybody is thriving, right? When I wasn't having my needs being met by myself, right? I kept relying on him to meet my needs. Whereas it was like, well, of course I was looking to him because I didn't even know how to meet my own needs. And so the self-care process taught me what my needs were, how it was that I could go about asking for what it was that I needed and understanding that when my needs were met, like I was a great, happy person. I mean, I remember my kids, they're like, you're so happy. You're not angry all the time. Like, I mean, I'm closer to my children now than I ever was when he and I were still married. I, you know, it's funny because like, there's moments where I'm like, wow, I never used to be like this. Like I, I just, I was very intense. I was very, you know, um, I was on eggshells all the time I felt, and I, I had this need to control all the time. And so what I realized was that control, it's a false sense, right? Having control is, is a false sense of, of anything. And ultimately I knew that when I was in control of myself, my needs, my desires, my wants, that my entire world around me shifted. And so it's really about flipping the script around what you think, um, you know, self-care is really all about. It's, it's not selfish. It's, it's a necessity and it's not a luxury. It is a necessity, right? So it took me a long, you know, it took me like, it took me a bit of time to understand that. But then afterwards, all my relationships changed every single one. And what I, what's so beautiful about that story and what I really hope people hear and take away is that your relationship with your kids changed what you were teaching them about relationships changed their, you know, their level of joy and happiness in the household changed because you changed. So I hear so many people, especially women, but also men saying, Hey, I don't want to leave because of the kids. And what I'm hearing you say is that sometimes if you do it properly, right. Leaving can actually be beneficial for the kids. Absolutely. I mean, my kids are amazing human beings. They were 
seven and 10 when we separated and they're now, you know, almost 17 and 13 and a half. And yeah, it was a little bit of a, a thunderstorm for about two years. You know, there were other extenuating circumstances that happened. You know, my ex-husband is also remarried. He has a three-year-old daughter. Like my kids have a step, you know, half sister. And like, so there was a lot of stuff, but, you know, one of the things that I do say, and, and I don't, I don't even know if I say this enough or, you know, how often I've said this, but I do believe that children of divorce are really kind of thrust into having these life experiences faster than kids of marriage. And I, you know, again, I'm not pro-divorce in any way, but what my kids have learned, my kids have learned a lot of life skills and how to adapt and how to see that, you know, that they can really overcome anything. And, you know, the best gift that I gave my children by getting divorced from their dad, or I should say the two best gifts I gave them was them seeing how their dad and I get to be happy, even if it means that we're not together. And I've also gifted them with the ability to help communicate in a healthy way with me. And as a result, to be able to communicate with their dad and to stand in the power of their own voices instead of you know feeling scared or having all these emotions it's always been like this open communication you get to have your feelings and i don't have to like them and that's okay like i want you to express yourself and i know that they wouldn't be the amazing amazing you know young adults, teens, I don't even know what to call them because there's, <laughs> it goes so fast these days. I know um, that's true, <laughs> but they're just, they're amazing. And I know that it's because they have, you know, yeah, they kind of got forced to grow up pretty fast and they're better off for it. I don't, I don't see it as a negative that they experienced, you know, they had their own experience about it. Yeah. That. I think too many people, I mean, there's a whole discussion out in the world right now about how we're so busy protecting our children from life yes. that when we, when it's time for them to go engage in life, they don't know how. So I think that what you're saying makes a lot of sense, but I'd like to segue now into your book because you wrote a book that's called Divorce Sucks, Now What? And shameless little plug for your book. It is available on Amazon and we will link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to follow up and, and learn more. But in your book, you also talk about, you know, you talk about a lot of things in your story and you mentioned it, a, you know, a couple minutes ago here today that when you got a divorce, not only did you get a divorce, but you also totally changed careers and you took a big leap of faith. How did you, you know, this podcast is all about making big decisions. And those are two very, very big life decisions. How did you, while you're going through a divorce, decide to change careers? <laughs> yeah. And actually there was a third doozy in there too, which is that the same day that I asked for a divorce, my mom was diagnosed with terminal ovarian cancer. And I talk about that in my book as well, because, and, and I bring that to the surface too, because my mom was a very instrumental part of my own work. I'm getting like full body chills right now talking about uh -huh. this. Um, but, uh, she was instrumental in, in my process and I, and hers. And so, you know, it was, it was that moment where I realized that I had been living my life for somebody else. And I had been 
in a career that while I was so good at it, I was miserable. I lived with anxiety. I lived with stress. I lived with resentment and I didn't want to live like that anymore. Now, I will also let everybody know who's listening that at the time I did not know the financial circumstances of my marriage until after I quit my job and came to discover that our finances were not where I thought that they were. And so, ouch. Yes. So I, I took a very big leap of faith and trusted myself to be able to create a new business. Now, also understand that my corporate job, I worked in ad sales. I was the person that they brought in to build regions from nothing. So essentially, I was an entrepreneur within the corporate structure doing sales, right? So I had the skill set and I knew how to build something from nothing. And I knew how to do it in a very short period of time because that's what I was continuously tasked to do. So I had the skill set to be able to translate myself into this entrepreneurship. And I also was able to recognize that I needed like the best coaches have coaches. That is how this works, you guys. And I knew that I had to invest in myself. I had to invest in people who were doing what I needed to learn how to do um, so that they could teach me how to go out into the world. Like I knew my methodology. I knew my five-step program. I knew exactly what I needed to coach around, but I was like, how do I launch my own business? How do I do marketing? How do I do branding? What is my brand? Like, so I was really smart and invested in myself by hiring many coaches. There's never been a day that I have not had a coach since I launched my business. I have always had at least one coach, business, marketing, spirituality, whatever it was, that's what I needed. And so for the transactional side, right? I, I invested in myself. I was in debt. I was in debt and invested in myself regardless, because I knew if I didn't, I wasn't going to get over this hump of my divorce. And so I put my faith in, in those coaches that I hired, God bless them all. Um, and I love them all. And I still have really good relationships with them. Um, and I also knew that there was a part of me that was the spiritual piece. And this is where my mom comes into play. And so my mom was navigating, you know, ultimate death. I was navigating divorce, which is a death. And so my mom and I were walking this parallel path and it was interesting because we were both contributing to each other's pity party. Like, why me? Why am I, why is this happening to me? And ultimately my mom and I, our mindsets started shifting simultaneously where it was like, okay, what is happening or what is happening is happening for us. There is something that we're both supposed to be learning. And a lot of what I continued to educate myself around from a spiritual lens lended itself to my mom. So as you read in my bio, I'm an advanced theta healer and theta healing is a methodology of energy healing that allows me to, you know, go into a deep meditation. It's the theta brainwave dream sleep state, um, where I'm able to connect with creator and impact people's beliefs and feelings and things like that through creator. I'm not, it's not me doing it. It's creator universe, call it whatever you want. And so not only was I seeing how the energy healing was helping me because I still felt like a really deep spiritual energetic connection to my ex-husband, which I needed help breaking. 
and I tried Reiki. It didn't work. Theta broke him from me energetically. And then ultimately I started doing Theta on my mom. Understand that when my mom was diagnosed, she shouldn't have lived longer than a year, a year and a half. And my mom lived for four and a half years after her diagnosis. And I believe that our spiritual connection to one another, my ability to do energy work on her simultaneously while she's doing chemo and doing the medical piece that she needed to do too, but it opened the door for her spiritually to receive energy work. And I opened my doors to receive energy work. And so my mom ended up like what I ended up learning from my mom was life is now and nothing should be placed on hold. And you only have today. You, none of us know how long we have. And, and, you know, I don't say life is short. I say life is now literally now is the only time that matters. And what I know to be true is that without my mom's support, I wouldn't be where I am today. And even though she passed away last January, she's still with me. I know that she's with me. And I know that where she is now is so much more valuable to me than if she was still physically in this world. And so ultimately, I trusted and I surrendered to a higher power. I surrendered and trusted in the path that was being laid for me because it's like the same day, the two rocks of my life were gone. And that's why I knew that I that I was on my path of really like, okay, you've got to get really grounded in what you are like exactly who it is that you are. And, and I haven't stopped on that path since that day. That is, wow. That is a really powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Um, But if, if you had something based on all of your experience, it sounds like you know, you had your ups and downs. Of course you had to have, you know, and yes, now you're on the other side of it, which is beautiful because you can then show people there is another side and there absolutely is, but you had to get through all that muck and yuck and what have you. And a big piece of that was your faith, your faith in yourself, faith in the universe or spirit or, you know, faith in your relationship with your mom, faith in so many things. When you're dealing with, when you, when a client comes to you, who's in the beginning of that journey, mm-hmm. what advice could you give to them when their faith is flagging or they're questioning whether they even have it? You know, how could the universe do this to me? Oh my gosh, you know, it, everything I ever thought of must be wrong. And their faith is gone. It abandons them. What would you tell them? Yeah, that's a great question, Karen. You know, ultimately what I say to those women and and really what I had to say to myself was, you know, we, we were living in a, in an illusion of what we thought our partner and our life looked like. And what ends up happening when divorce happens is like the veil gets taken off and all of a sudden we're being shown things and we don't want to see it. And so a lot of times our fear is what blinds our ability to have faith in why this is happening. And so the process through which I, you know, 
I've walked myself through, I've walked clients through around this is really changing their story because we have a version of who we think they were. We have a version of what we think our marriage looked like because we kept fighting for it, but ultimately it wasn't the reality, right? So it's, it's, you know, there's a mourning process that has to come with this, right? Like the faith can't come until you move through the mourning of the, the version of the life and the person that you thought existed. And it's not that they changed. It's that you've changed. You are the one who is starting to see clearly. Reality is starting to now appear to you. And so it, it is a step, it, it's a baby step process. Like this isn't something that happens overnight. This is why it takes, you know, I always tell people like, how many years were you married? You honestly think that a six week course is gonna cure you of, you know, of, you know, decades of behavior. Like that's not how this works. But when you hear that, you know, in a year, you can have a totally different perspective on life and be living that perspective. That is to me, I'd be like, where do I sign up? At the time I was like, that's not fast enough, right? And so, so much of this is also an education process to understand that it is a step-by-step process. And I think that what gets in the way so many times is that people are like, I wanna go from A to Z now. And it's like, okay, well um, think about the alphabet. There's a lot of letters in between. So let's start with A to B and that's going to get you one step closer to Z. Okay, we're at B now, let's go to C. And so it's really about understanding, you know, kind of from a bird's eye level of, you know, the version of the life that you thought you had. The, I mean, I had all these preconceived, I was like, oh, he's this, I'm going to change him and he's that, he can change, I'm going to change him, I'm going to fix him, I'm going to this, I'm going to that, you know, and it was like, wait, no. I'm the one that has to change. Like, so changing decades worth of, of ingrained stories takes time and it is a hundred percent possible, but you've got to be willing to put in the work and it's going to take you some time to be able to do that. And what I have found is those baby steps are what build your faith in the process and in the healing and in the recovery. Yeah. And what you're saying is so critical for people to hear. And that is, you know, when you're in a difficult situation, when you're in pain, you don't want to stay there. You want to be out, like you said, in a second, but life doesn't work that way. And, you know, in having conversations with so many people about coaching, about investing in themselves, they're like, oh, this I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do this in one session. No. No, it's like, and it's exactly to your point, what you said that, you know, you've spent years, sometimes decades in a particular marriage, in a particular situation that is now not serving you to think that you're just going to get over it in an hour is unrealistic. You know, that's not the way life works. But the sad part is that once people, when they're thinking that way, they want to go faster, faster, faster. And when you tell them the truth that you can only go a certain speed, you know, it's not going to be instant gratification like we're so used to in our society that they're going to have to work at it and wait. Then they don't start at all because it's not fast enough. But the irony is then they never get to where they want to be. 
Exactly. Well, because what ends up happening is they end up beating themselves up. Why isn't this working? Never mind. I'm going to throw in the towel, right? We beat ourselves up when it's not happening fast enough. And, you know, I was even just talking to a client yesterday and it's like, you know, we're constantly in transformation. So it's like, once we nail down something, right, we're like, oh, I've got this. Okay, great. And then we feel like we get smacked upside the head again. It's not that you never learned it. It's that it's hitting you differently because you're in this evolved place. And so now you have to learn something new, right? So we, we don't give ourselves enough grace or compassion to just see that they're like, we're human, we're souls having a human experience. We're here to learn, we're here to evolve. And so instead of seeing things as like knocking you down and just being like, never mind, I'm like, okay, universe, bring it on. What am I supposed to learn now? Right. And don't get me wrong, I'm in resistance. It's like, oh God, here we go again, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, but I know what's on the other side is going to be so worth it. Right. So 100%. I. I just would, you know, invite everyone to just have some faith, again, faith, um, you know, that, that this is a process and, you know, to not let the resistance or, you know, your fear of failure um, stop you because failure is just a, a way to not do something like great information. Okay. Never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. If you look at failure, what we perceive as failure, Right. If we look at it as something like, okay, that didn't work, that's information, instead of internalizing and saying, well, because this thing that I did didn't work, I am a failure. Like those right. are two entirely different concepts, right? Absolutely. Yep. 100%. So, so this has been a fascinating conversation, but now I want to throw you a curveball, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a question that. I love to ask other people, okay, because this podcast is all about decision-making and how you've made decisions, what you teach people about how they can make decisions. So now I want to ask you, what is the best decision you've ever made? Oh, that's easy. Ending my marriage. I mean, my God, best decision I ever made in my life. I, I, <laughs> I've said to my, my ex-husband, I'm like, man, best gift I ever gave myself was ending our marriage. Like the best decision I ever made. And it was the hardest one I have ever, ever tackled. I, I'm the type of person where it's like, you know, and this kind of speaks to something we talked about earlier, which is that like, I'm the type of person that I don't want to live my life with regret. And so for me, you know, you mentioned how we were separated for an entire year. I needed to, I needed that year to know that I wasn't ever going to have regret. I wasn't ever going to wonder what if I, I didn't want to live my life like that. And so I knew that I had given everything like I could, there was nothing left for me to try to do at that point. And so that decision to end my marriage was the best thing I ever gave myself because it, I gave myself me, I gave me back and I was done giving myself to the world. And my life has been exponentially joy, more joyful, happier. Just, I, I love my life. I'm the happiest I've ever been. And so 
what I can say to your listeners is sometimes our best decisions are the hardest ones that we ever have to make for ourselves. And that is so critical because we all, I don't know, I don't know where we got this idea from, but we all have this idea that, well, if it was the best decision, I must have just, it must have been easy, right? But those two words, easy and best, aren't necessarily linked. I mean, it can be, but they can also be the hardest decisions that turn out to be the best. So Wendy, thank you so much for sharing so many golden nuggets of wisdom. I knew you would, and I'm (laughs) so thrilled to have you on the show. I'd love to have you back again. We'll have to do a round two because I have a whole list of questions that I didn't even get to. So we'll, we'll have to dive in a little bit more later. But before we close and wrap this up, can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, of course. Well, the easiest way, honestly, is my podcast. So I too have one. It's called the Divorce Woman's Guide. And then across social media, I am Divorce Rehab with Wendy. So Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, And then my website, wendysterling.net. I also have amazing resources. I have a website for my book, which is divorcesucksnowwhat.com. And there's a ton of free resources on there that are tied back to a lot of the lessons that I learned. Um, And it also ties back to my five-step program. So there's great, great downloadables and actionable steps that you guys can take wherever it is that you are. Um, So thank you, Karen, for having me today. It was such an honor. And of course, I'm happy to come back if you would like. (laughs) Awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you who are out there who are watching or listening, please, 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 if you like what you've heard, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up. And I look forward to talking with you again next time.